If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet. Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. It is day three of our 20-day advent calendar of strange and amazing places. We are in week one, aka Space Week. Earlier in the week, we talked about all of the things smashing into Earth, rocks from interstellar space, the giant mysterious object that exploded in Siberia. Today, we're going to switch. We're going to switch to talking about the stuff we send into space. For about four and a half billion years, it only went one direction. Things smashed into Earth. But around 70 years ago, still within the span of a human being, we started sending stuff into space shooting rockets and people and animals up there to find out what would happen. Well, this is one of those stories. It is a story of an early space pioneer. Before Yuri or Buzz or Glenn, there was Miss Baker. Today, the story of a space legend and the legacy she left behind. I hope you enjoy day three and happy holidays to all of you. Hey everyone, it's Dylan. So one of the really amazing things about Atlas Obscura is the incredible team of writers and editors and just all of the people who bring Atlas to life. So we want to bring that neighborhood of incredible, beautiful, creative minds right here into this podcast space. So today I'll be joining Atlas reporter Annie Eubank, who's bringing us an amazing story of a forgotten American hero. I can't wait. So imagine it's a sunny Florida day and you are an employee at this Miami pet shop, you know, like, I don't know, feeding the parrots and, you know, giving carrots to the guinea pigs. And suddenly like a car pulls up outside and, you know, a federal employee comes in maybe with like a suit and like a badge and says, give me every monkey you got. 26 squirrel monkeys. And I can't even imagine what the ride back to the naval base was like with a car full of 26 tiny monkeys. But that is the beginning of this story about one of those monkeys. And her name was Miss Baker. I'm Annie Eubank. This is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're stopping by the U.S. Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville, Alabama to pay our respects to the First Lady of Space, an early American astronaut who was almost forgotten, but whose real fans still know where to find her. The incredible story of a monkey named Miss Baker. 
after this. Okay, so what was the plan? What were they going to do with these 26 tiny, cute monkeys? I'm, like, already worried about them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so NASA wasn't a thing until 1958. So for years, the Army and the Navy have been running these tests to see if it's safe to send humans to space. And that's where these 26 tiny monkeys come in. So were they going to send all 26 of these monkeys into <laughs> space? Or they was there, like, some kind of training are they in like tiny centrifuges like what how are they (laughs) just please imagine for a moment a monkey training montage they had to go through like simulated flights and lab testing and you know stress testing like they were looking for the smartest calmest monkey to send to space yeah, I, I'm totally imagining the monkey version of the right stuff. And I'm sure this isn't true, but I'm picturing like tiny silver jumpsuits and little... Just sp- like I don't... Mon- monkeys walking down the tarmac for, in slow motion. For sure that is what I'm picturing. <laughs> so it all sounds really cute. Little monkey knots blazing a trail to the stars. But Actually, the U.S. government at this point has been trying for a decade to bring a monkey back alive. Uh. So starting in 1948, we had Albert I went down in a tail explosion. Albert II, valve failure. Albert III, his parachute didn't open. I, I, I mean, it's interesting. And this is like, it's both totally awful, but gives you some sense of why they're doing these experiments, right? Because they're going to send people into space. Their plan is to send people into space. Yeah, and then- they're just years out from sending people to space. And so far, they're just, you know, just a bunch of dead monkeys. This is, I mean, so this is pretty grim up until we get to Miss Baker. How did they end up choosing Miss Baker? So it's spring of 1959. There's a a launch scheduled. And so the Navy basically, like, narrows it down to one candidate. And it's this tiny female squirrel monkey, barely an adult, and she's teeny tiny, you know, you could hold her in your hands. Um, She has this adorable little like white mask on her face, you know, tiny little like bear shaped ears, a long tail, super long fingers. You see her and your, your heart just goes out to her. And the researchers really liked this particular monkey. They even named her TLC for tender loving care. They basically figured that, you know, she was the smartest. She was like the most docile and that she was the best candidate for this mission. Little known fact, 90s hip-hop group TLC named after her. Just uh, <laughs> for all you music buffs out there, store that one away. Uh, that's, that, that's not true. <laughs> so the mission was coming up, and all the higher-ups were like, we, we can't call her TLC. That's not, that's not going to sound good over the radio. And so they rename her... Baker. Specifically, they rename her Miss Baker. And her co-pilot for the mission was another monkey, and they call her Miss Abel. And so, finally, it's May 28, 1959. Launch day, Cape Canaveral. They load Miss Baker up into this really scary-looking contraption. It's like a water bottle or a metal thermos. And she's wrapped up in there like a mummy in this little jacket. And she and Miss Abel are 
walked out into the tarmac where they launched all the ships. And they're loaded into the top of a rocket. A 50-ton Jupiter rocket. Jesus, Jesus. 50 tons for two <gasps> tiny monkeys. Okay, so they're on the top of this, like, building-sized 50-ton rocket. They're tiny. They're cute. And this giant rocket, this big launch, it's all for them. There's nothing else going on today. So. 30 seconds and counting. 2.35 a.m. Three, two, one, zero. All engine running. We have liftoff. Lift we have a liftoff. Both monkeys are, like, strapped in, escaping from the gravity of Earth and into space. At one point, you know, they're moving at 10,000 miles per hour. Just imagine, that would be terrifying for anybody, much less a monkey. In total, they spend about 15 minutes in space, and then the nose cone detaches from the rocket and it begins the descent. 45 minutes after the launch, the nose cone splashes down about 250 miles off the coast of Puerto Rico. Just after 5 a.m. that morning, the USS Kiowa pulls up and picks up the nose cone. And everyone is very nervous. They were desperate for these monkeys to have survived. So one of the guys aboard ship popped open the nose cone, and both the monkeys were alive. Everyone was just yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> everyone was so happy. They radioed back to Cape Canaveral, and they said, Abel Baker are perfect. Oh. No, no problems. After unwrapping her from her coat and her thermos, one of the guys on the ship gave Miss Baker a, a little cookie. And so it was, a, it was a huge success because these were the first monkeys to return alive from space. Oh, wow. Yeah. And these were like the first American animals to kind of come back in one piece. And, you know, like at this point, this is the middle of the space race. There's a lot riding on this. That's a very, very geopolitically important little tiny monkey. Yeah, she was a big deal. And she would be for the rest of her life. So immediately, Miss Baker and her co-pilot, Miss Abel, are shipped off to Washington, D.C. for a press conference. Because like, every, every, yeah, <laughs> Wait, what, do you, what do you mean a press conference? They're monkeys. You, you got to understand, they are now VIP, very important primates. But four days after the landing, something really sad happens. Miss Abel dies in a freak accident. And so now Miss Baker is the only, the only monkey to return alive from space and America's only animal astronaut to have survived. And so that just kind of makes her even more special. There were, you know, newsreels about her, like children's books printed about her. Oh, wow. She gets fan mail, especially from children. She was on Good Morning America. At one point, she got double billing with the Jackson 5. Wow, that is famous. Yeah. I also I also love that, like, post her career in science, her, her life kind of, like, moves into, like, the gossip pages a little more, you know, which, like, kind of happens to public figures like that. Like, they do something. She's a starlet, you know. Like, totally. She's even got kind of given a title. She's called America's First Lady in Space. That's how she was seen. So, Miss Baker, after her flight, she goes back to Pensacola. You know, there's like the yearly parade in her honor, but mostly she settles down. You know, her handlers even get her a companion, another squirrel monkey named Big George. 
And after a while, the handlers even hold a wedding for them. So, you know, like many young couples, uh, Miss Baker and Big George moved to a bigger place, the newly built U.S. Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville, Alabama. And by now it's 1971, and it's been more than a decade since Miss Baker took her space flight. So Big George, you know, eventually passes away, and Miss Baker is immediately married off again to another monkey. And it's very celebrity, it's very tabloid. The Space Center even sends out engraved invitations and has a real judge come in to officiate. <laughs> what? Um, and they dress up Miss Baker in like a train and a veil, which she actually rips off a couple minutes into the ceremony. Good for you. Good for you, Miss Baker. And so she, you, you just get this idea of like how precious she was to people. In 1984, she dies of acute kidney failure. She's 27 years old. And at this point, she is the longest known living squirrel monkey in history. She, at this point, she's broken every single record for like the average lifespan of a squirrel monkey. So Miss Baker led this long life. She had like an official wedding. When she died, was she given the same kind of treatment? Was there a funeral or what happened? Oh yeah, she was sent off in style. She was buried right outside of the U.S. Rocket and Space Center, and 300 people showed up just to, like, witness her being laid to rest. I saw some pictures, too. There were, like, flower wreaths and, like, these signs saying, you know, like, Miss Baker, America's First Lady of Space, born 1957, died 1984. And, you know, she was, that day, she was laid to rest next to Big George, who had been buried there for a couple of years now. That's nice. That's nice. Today, if you visit Miss Baker's grave outside the U.S. Space and Rocket Center, you might find a pile of bananas on top. That was one of her favorite foods, along with cottage cheese and <laughs> and Jello. But that's much less. Uh, that's not. You know, that's kind of harder to like put to leave at a gravestone than a banana. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that would be a much more upsetting thing if it was just covered in cottage cheese and jello. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, melting in the Alabama heat. <laughs> oh. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. Our production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Sarah Wyman, and John Delore. Theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. This episode was mixed by Luz Fleming. I'm Annie Eubank, wishing you all the wonder in the world. Talk to you soon. Witness Docs from Stitcher. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. 
Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com.